Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode. I am your host, Zach Drew. And I'm Andrew Bellers. Well, let's go ahead and start off the program by, it is now June, as of a couple days ago, uh, depending on where you're watching. So, happy Pride, America, says the president of the most powerful country in all of the world. Uh, which makes sense because they've been so fiercely and unapologetically fighting for freedom and equality in this country. Uh, that's what his tweet says. Read this. This month in the face of cruel attacks, cruel attacks on the LGBTQI plus rights across the country, we celebrate the LGBTQI plus Americans who are fiercely and unapologetically fighting for freedom, freedom, uh, and equality. That's an important word to talk about. We're going to dissect that in a moment and reaffirm that their rights are human rights. Andrew? Which is so ridiculous because when he says in the face of cruel attacks on LGBT rights, the only thing he could possibly be talking about are laws that say you can't, like, for instance, mutilate children or like let them see sexually explicit stuff in their classrooms. Mm -hmm. And if I were a member of a class who historically has had to actually fight for my rights, I'd be pretty offended by this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. You know, and so that's the thing is like, uh, is this program attacking the LGBTQ LMNOP society? No, actually we're, we're not, we're, we actually are not. Um, what we're doing is we're saying, hey, you know what? Maybe it's a good idea that we don't let the kids watch porn. Exactly. Right, I mean, you know, maybe it's a pretty good idea that Johnny keeps his genitalia, right? or Sally doesn't have the opportunity to mutilate herself without her parents knowing, right? I mean, it's like, it's like, are we attacking them? You know, the, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's pretty unbelievable at the, at times, um, but they twist the narrative. That's what they do. They twist actual events to portray who they want to be the enemy because it's like, Hey, listen, it's already a Supreme court has already decided, uh, who can marry who they have and now it goes you know now it's down to well well i'm going to get to that they, they've decided so uh, who why how are they fighting fiercely for freedom it doesn't make any sense but the word that that joe biden used equality you know i wish that we had like this playbook and i've written down some definitions you know we all need to understand that for at the very core to to change people to change a culture there has to be the changing of definitions, yeah. right? So like, why don't liberals just say what they mean? Here is a handy translation uh, table. I'm gonna read a few of these things. So whenever you hear the terms, the change of definitions, right? Whenever they say things like multiculturalism, diversity, fairness, equity, inclusion, inclusiveness, opportunity, or empowerment, what they actually mean is racial quotas. What they actually mean is discrimination against the, what they say is the cultural hegemony, which we've said it before, white male, American, cisgendered, straight, able-bodied Christians. It's discrimination against them. That's who they're actually discriminating against. It's special rights and preferential treatment for protected minorities, and it's the, with the exclusion of, you, know, you can't be white, you can't be a guy, hey, we're, we're not allowed, right? So that's what those the divisions actually mean. Whenever you you know read multicultural or, or inclusive, yeah, it's inclusive for everybody, everybody, no matter what you look like, where you're from, what your sex is, what your religion is. It's inclusive for everybody. By the way, uh, 
uh, exclusion for white male cisgendered straight able-bodied Christians and conservatives. Yeah, and conservatives. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, whenever they say, for things like whenever they say, get the word out, what they actually mean is sign up everyone in the lower class for lifetime dependence on the government. Whenever they say, invest in the future, that is a change of definition for redistribution of wealth, uh, spending borrowed money, community initiatives, handouts and services for minorities only, community organizer, right? Community, or what does that mean? It means an agitator, a, cr a troublemaker, uh, a radical anarchist. When they say, hey, it was an honest mistake. What it actually means is, whoops, we got caught. Oopsie. That, that's what it means. Separation of church and state means the prohibition of Christianity and equal white rights or equality. Equality. When Joe Biden says they're fighting for equality, that does not mean everybody is equal. Yeah, they have equality already. Yes, so their equality actually means better than equal rights, where they are elevated and everyone else is diminished. Preferential treatment. You know, and during the Pride Month, the irony is that the left would say, what's more American than embracing diversity? Well, I mean diversity as long as you look like us, talk just like us, and believe just like us. Let's have a little update on uh, recent events. It continues, the target uh, demise continues, as we've talked about last week, over the past two weeks now. Uh, Target's stock has lost a whopping 13.8 billion dollars. Nearly 20% since May 18th. That's awesome. I mean, really though, that is so awesome. Wall Street is worried that Target will suffer the same fate as Anheuser-Busch, whose Bud Light sales have fallen more than 25%. I personally love how Kaylee uh, McEnany put it. Take a listen. Doesn't take a PR expert to know that if you hire a Satanist to design a children's clothing line and you stock your shelves with tuck-friendly bathing suits, people will get upset, very upset. That's exactly what Target did, and somehow they were surprised at the backlash. They bud-lighted themselves, and they know it. So now Target's pulling some of the items from the shelves in a last-ditch attempt at damage control. Wow, there you go. So Target really has bud-lighted themselves. I love it. That's actually like a word that like is becoming more mainstream. You're it's really a, It's a verb now. You're really, yeah, you better be careful. You're going to bud-light yourself. Yeah. You're really, you're really... You're really walking on the territory of Bud Lightning yourself, right? So the backlash has been so severe, you know, as you remember that Target held that emergency meeting at the direction of CEO Brian Cornell, um, and he was directing stores, primarily all in the South, the Southern locations, to hide all of the merchandise. Uh, you know, the merchandise that they were, you know, tuck merchandise and, 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 and outfits to, to not show breasts anymore, to make you look like you're a male for, for little kids. Uh, so now much of the new pride items can no longer be found even on Target's website anymore. So what's the left's response? Well, Target, everybody who doesn't tow our line, you need to go bankrupt. Go bankrupt. 
Hold your ground. Take a listen. This is just part of, of this war against gays right now. It's yeah. such a manufactured controversy, just like a lot of these manufactured culture wars. Very disappointed that a, a, store, a chain like Target couldn't stand their ground and instead put the LGBTQ plus community in the back of the bus. You see that la the last one, I just, she said, quote, I just can't believe a chain like Target couldn't stand their ground and instead put the LGBTQ plus community in the back of the bus, making references to the civil rights movement naturally. Stand your ground. Go bankrupt. Lose everything. But stand your ground. This is a hill that Target should have died upon. How shameful, right? And wicked to not willingly be a martyr for one of the key tenets of our woke religion. Well, the king of the LGBTQ community, um, where his kingdom is firmly established in the state of California, I'm referring to Governor Gavin Newsom, has had a lot of things to discuss on his uh, Twitter feed. Let's go ahead and throw up some of those. And I think that's a great <laughs> yeah. word. Well, let's go ahead and throw up some of those uh, <laughs> tweets that, that uh, he's been so adamant about putting out. Let's take a moment to talk about this. There is a full-throated purge effort going on here by the far right that we have not seen for decades. They are on a boycott binge and a cancel crusade, trying to eliminate the existence of minority communities. Well, I'm going to stop there and just say that there is not anybody in America, I mean truly, there might be a small percentage of actual neo-Nazi KKK people in America. That is probably 1% of 1%, I don't know. But there is not a single group that is actually advocating for the existence, for the, to eliminate the existence of minority communities. But this is the narrative that they're pushing. This is the narrative that they are truly uh, pushing on everybody, and, and, and I am so beside myself that over half of the country actually believes it, totally yeah. and completely believes it. Yeah, if you go back in history, the ones who actually voted against desegregation were Democrats, and he's acting like the right is somehow becoming more and more and more radical, you know, with each decade. Well, it's been the exact opposite. We've become actually more progressive and the left has become more and more radical. And he's talking about burning flags, banning books. He's referring to one singular news story. It wasn't even plural, it wasn't even flags, it was flag, burning flag. There's 330 million Americans in this great country uh -huh. and someone burnt a flag. <laughs> so he says burning flags, banning books. That's not true either, I'll get into that, I'll get into that in a second. We have seen this before and it's happening everywhere, all across the country. Woke has become just another dog whistle. We must continue to call out hate when we see it as they keep trying to normalize it. If we go silent, this will only get worse. We cannot become numb to this. You know, and referring to the banning of books, uh, here's another tweet by Gavin Newsom. He's quoting, you know, saying, this is what conservatives in, in Florida are saying. There has not been a single book ban in Florida, is what he's alleging people are saying, right? Then he goes on and says, last school year, Florida had 566 bans across 21 school districts. That is just absolutely not 
true. Do you understand that age-appropriate books, by saying, hey, let's remove books because they're not age-appropriate, and banning something entirely are two completely, 100% different things. You know, I'm not a fan of uh, women reading romance novels in the same way I do not think that men should be watching pornography, right? Um, because, you know, they, they've done the studies that show that the same type of addiction and the, the fantasy nature that sets in and just the, the sin of pornography is the same thing that happens whenever w women read these steamy romance novels. But guess what? If you're over the age of 18, it is a free country. You can indulge in your, uh, uh, in your sin nature. You, you, you legally can up to a degree, correct? Now, here's the thing. Do I think that a first grade girl should be reading steamy no romance novels? Absolutely not, because it's not age appropriate. So therefore you remove the book from the school. You're not banning it, you're removing it. Yeah. We're not saying that these books should be banned. If you wanna read a pornographic how-to book, then if you are over the age of 18, you legally can in America. What we're saying is, hey, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't be showing the kids uh, uh, pornographic material. Maybe we shouldn't be telling Johnny that uh, it's okay for him to cut off his genitalia or the you know, little Sally to permanently and he, you know, forever mutilate herself. That is what we're saying. Yeah, and this used to be a complete non-issue because there used to be a time where the vast majority of people in this country were reasonable yeah. and, and, and could understand, well, maybe, you know, a Playboy doesn't belong in a, in a children's library. You know, it was a non-issue because of course, that's just absolute common sense, but we're living in an unprecedented time in history in this country where there's actually sick people who are like, yeah, let's expose our children to this. You know, and there was uh, angry moms and dads at the entire country that uh, were heading to where? They were heading to school board meetings. They were taking their three minutes and simply just bringing a book from their child's library that was in the school, in their child's school, and they were reading it. And more often than not, the school board would cut them off because it was just inappropriate. Why, you know, that, that they were the sick ones and twisted ones, that they would publicly read these books. Right. The irony of the situation. They'd much rather the kids read them in private. Yes. <laughs> the only people that would want children to read that are pedophiles and groomers, Mr. Newsom. And, you know, I, I want to read this uh, a little bit from this article from the, from the uh, it is from the Illinois Family Institute. And uh, it says this, book banning is not a good thing. Oh, first of all, the title is called Age Appropriate Doesn't Mean Banned. Book banning is not a good thing because of the innate sinfulness of humanity. Banning one book opens the door for unjust people or groups to ban anything they choose. Requesting only age appropriate content in school, in public schools, doesn't constitute a ban. The backbone of true freedom is biblical morality. Yeah. And, but they want to hijack the kids. Mm -hmm. Whenever it is up to the parents to provide a, a, a truly like a bubble of protection, a hedge of protection. You know, and in the same way, 
I'm not advocating throughout the entire country that PG-13 movies in the movie theater are banned. But you don't take a five-year-old right. to a PG-13 movie. There are restrictions, right? That's right. So let's continue with this. One more tweet for, for good measure, and it is such a telling tweet. It's so, Honestly, whenever I read this, I thought to myself, my gosh, Gavin Newsom, you're writing my whole show. This is going to be really important. CEO, and this is a response, you know, once again, the left's response to how Target should have handled it. CEO of Target, Brian Cornell, selling out the LGBTQ plus community to extremists as a real profile and courage. This isn't just a couple stores in the South. There is a systematic attack on the gay community happening across the country. Wake up, America. Get woke, right? This doesn't stop here. And this, we're going to be diving into this. You're black. You're Asian, you're Jewish, you are a woman, you are next. And at this point, I need you to stay with me because I'm going to be talking about something that we've talked about many times. And if you don't understand it and you haven't understood it, you will after this. We've been talking about cultural the cultural hegemony. And we've been talking about how there are seven groups of people that they have deemed as the, the, the in control of the cultural hegemony. And you are the enemy if you are of these. I'm going to beat this dead horse again and remind you of it for the thousandth time. And you're going to see how they are truly following this playbook that I have identified for you over these last couple of years. So once again, cultural Marxism must identify an enemy, okay? The oppressor. In order to flip this power struggle, they must divide people into several categories and pit them against each other. The term for those that have power is the cultural hegemony. Who the left has labeled as the oppressor with the hegemonic power who have now been demonized in America. If you are on this list, you are the enemy. And then I'm going to go back to that tweet. Once again, if you are white, if you are a male, if you are American, if you are cisgender, which means you identify as either male or female, if you are straight, if you are able-bodied, if you are a Christian, and everyone who is not that any of those things is a victim, according to them, of the cultural hegemony established by those individuals. And if you are that, any of those seven, you're privileged. If you aren't, you're oppressed. Gavin Newsom is following the playbook. Gavin Newsom said he, that, that, that they're coming after who? Black people. Now go back to that list of seven. Because if you are not black, you are oppressed. And they're coming after black people because this is what white people do. So there's one, white people. Asian. Because this is what American loving people do. He mentioned Asian. He then mentioned Jewish. Go back to the seven, right? White, male, cisgendered, able-bodied, straight, Christian. If you're Jewish, they're coming after you. Why? Because this is what Christian people do. And if you're a woman, 
they're coming after you because this is what males do. And his whole tweet is based upon the LGBTQ plus community being targeted by cisgenders and straight people. Because this is the evil stuff that cisgender and straight people do. In one singular tweet, my friends, Gavin Newsom checked off six of the seven in the list that we have been talking about for a number of years now. Do you understand yet that this is not by chance? These, the wording, nothing is by chance. He is being directed by this playbook. Because once again, what's more American than embracing diversity, right? Unless you're white, male, American, cisgendered, straight, able-bodied Christian. You see, and forgive me, my, my energy is lower because one thing that you don't know is during that tweet we actually had to reset because we actually had filmed an additional 25 minutes, finished the show, we were done, and then we realized that we had a, a problem with one of our mics. Mm -hmm. And we had to reset and we are literally refilming almost the entirety of the show right now. That's show business. That's show business. <laughs> Here's where we're at. You see, people on the left that, so if you're on the left and, 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 and you don't adhere to the full woke agenda, right? There's a large group of those people. Those people have found themselves in a, in a, in a very trying position as the, as the pressure of becoming more and more, uh, the pressure is becoming more and more clear as to what the new left is demanding of them. And many are buckling under the pressure. They, you know, for example, you know, be reminded of the Nazis in World War I pressuring, you know, the Germans to give total allegiance to Adolf Hitler and the horrible things that they had to do. They, you know, so many Germans ended up buckling under the pressure. Now, this goes for, this goes for um, individuals. This goes for industries and businesses like the beer industry and Anheuser-Busch general merchandise retailers like Target, and even your old school Democrats. And, 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 and I say that because of this. You see, historically speaking, and speaking generally through a historical perspective, because there was some, it wasn't, it's not a foolproof uh, analogy, but for the most part, up until the last 25, 30 years, throughout our country, the right and left have always agreed on what the issues are. Whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, there was a great deal of simu similarity, right? And what I mean by that is this. They agreed on what the issues were, but where they disagreed is how to deal with those issues. When the right, the Republicans would typically say, less government is the answer, and the left would say, more government is the answer. Yeah. That is how our political two-party system worked for the majority of American history. And that's, but that's not what it is today. And that's because our values, our values since the founding of our country have pretty much been the same. Mm -hmm. But there has been a demoralization of America since about the 60s where there has been a massive value shift. And now there's one side of the aisle that has opposite values to the other side. You see, there are five groups of people in America that the that give the left such a significant following and power. These groups keep them in control and um, this is how they're maintained. Group number one is those who are content to take a handout and produce nothing. 
Group number two, those who are genuinely needy, but now live in total dependency to the left because, well, you know, you just gotta give me that vote. Group number three is uh, the old Democrats that um, are so unimaginably dense that they cannot understand what is happening. Another group is what gets a lot of media attention. It's a large group of young people who haven't lived enough life to see that everything they were taught in school and university is a lie. And obviously the fifth group is the smallest group as well and it's the top of the pyramid that pulls the trigger who truly benefit from it all. You see, the left has a question today. This is what they're asking. Are you for us or are you against us? There's a clear line in the sand that is being drawn. And if you are for us, then we demand total and complete allegiance. Consider yourself a living sacrifice and at any moment be willing to martyr. Be a martyr for this cause. You see, there are two scriptures that I want to talk about, two scriptures that I love. One is this. It's Mark 9, verse 38 through 41. And this is, this is, um, this is what Jesus had to say to John. Teacher, said John, we saw someone driving out demons in your name and we could not, we told him to stop because he was not one of us. Do not stop him, Jesus said, for no one who does a miracle in my name can in the next moment say anything bad about me for whoever is not against us is for us. Truly I tell you, anyone who gives you a cup of water in my name because you belong to the Messiah will certainly not lose their reward. Fantastic scripture from the one true religion. But in the religion of wokeism, this is likely how they would rewrite that scripture. Yeah, it might sound something like this. Teacher, we saw a white, straight, cisgender man vandalizing a pro-life clinic. Can you believe it? And we told him to stop because he's a colonizer and not one of us. Well, the teacher in that scenario might say, well, don't stop him. If he's willing to acknowledge his inherent racism and bow down at the feet of the intersectionally oppressed and pay reparations, then he's an ally. Another verse is found in Romans chapter 12. It's uh, it's a couple of verses that we've ministered here on this program. I love these verses. And it says, therefore, it says this, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Because that is what we, as men and women of God, are called to do. We are called to live this life, to die to ourselves, to die to our own sinful nature and be raised again in Christ's image, in Christ right? And we do that by becoming living sacrifices here on earth. And it says, it's holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That transformation, that, that, that sanctification, that is something that's supernatural, that the Holy Spirit does. He just says, listen, live your life as a living sacrifice. Do not be transformed to the patterns of this world. You know, spending time with Jesus, worshiping Him, reading His Word, that is what we do. And then the Holy Spirit comes in in a supernatural way and transforms us into the image of Jesus by renewing our mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. But... In the religion of wokeness, this is how that verse might be 
rewritten. Therefore, I urge you, theys and thems, in the view of the God of wokeness, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Offer up your children to the butchers and your schools to the groomers. Do not be conformed to logic or reason, but be transformed by the dogma of cultural Marxism. That's right. Listen, we're getting close to being out of time on today's program. I want to end with this once again. Cultural Marxism is a sign of the times. I believe one can make a strong case. I want to read the time of sorrows that, that Jesus tells the disciples of what the times and seasons will be like before his return. Those first eight verses are referred to as the birth pains or the time of sorrows. In there, it talks about how nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And when we look in the original language of Greek, it talks, the word there is ethnos, which is really talking about groups rising against groups or even ethnic group rising against ethnic group. And one could make a case that what's being referenced there could even be a part of cultural Marxism because that is literally what they're doing and it's happening all throughout the world. Mm -hmm. Groups after groups after groups, categories after categories after categories. But once again, like we've said on this program, in God's eyes, there are only two groups of people, two categories, forever and all of eternity. Group one, those who have loved His Son, Jesus. And group two, those who have ignored Him, forsaking the free gift of salvation. Group one, those who have walked the narrow road which lead to life. And group two, those who have traveled down the broad road that leads to destruction. Group one, those that on the day of the great white throne judgment who deserve to be in hell, but by the grace of God and no merit of their own, but the merit of him who lived in perfect obedience to the law will be forgiven of their sins against a holy and righteous God, not because of any good things they did on earth, but because of the atonement Jesus made for us on the cross. Amen. Amen. And group two, those that will stand before God at the great white throne judgment who will receive a just verdict to be condemned to the lake of fire for all of eternity. On that day, there will be no successful appeal by the guilty. There is no chance at parole. There is no longer any grace afforded to the unbeliever on that day. There will only be perfect judgment. This group, because they have forsaken Jesus, will be left bare before a holy God with no atonement their sins. Wow. Once again, we are totally out of time for today's program. Please stand with us by calling 888-459-5727. Once again, we're, we don't have sponsors. We're not a product-driven ministry. We are able to survive because of you. We'll see you next week. 